49ers fans. Welcome to Talking Touchdowns podcast. This is 49ers fangirl. I am joined as always by SoCali Steph and we have a very special guest today, writer and creator of 49ers Hub, also Steph. And on Twitter, she is at Strag Music. Hello, ladies. Hi, Tracy. So we had a big day. Uh, Vernon Davis is now a Denver Bronco. Big news, but not probably shocking news. Uh, I'll start with you, 49ers Hub Steph. What do you think about this? Um, well, I think I can uh, speak for a lot of us that we're probably getting tired of Vernon Davis. Um, whether or not that has to do with him as a player himself or just our offense and what little he contributed to it now I'm not sure you know what it is maybe we just weren't making uh, maybe we just weren't involving him enough or maybe Cap and him just weren't a good fit but I mean I think we were all kind of getting tired of him dropping balls and just showing little effort so I mean in a way I don't see it as a bad thing I think we've all saw this coming in a way so, Callie, Steph? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on the same page that I think we saw it coming, but I I think it was more from a, a personality standpoint. I think Vernon Davis is still a top-notch, you know, tight end. I, You know, in the, you look at the tight ends out there, and it's hard to get your tight end involved in all the plays, and especially we've been very successful at it. And one of the reasons we've been successful at it is because we had a – an amazing run blocker in Frank Gore and when we lost that we lost a lot because we lost that opportunity to go to our tight end and I do think that Kaepernick and Vernon Davis don't have that connection they used to so I don't think it's all on Vernon Davis and I know some people get caught up in the fact that he's into his own you know publicity and his you know juice company or whatever it is um that doesn't bother me so much I just care about football so I'm just I kind of think it was time, and I'm happy for Vernon Davis that he moves forward. But I think it's going to be a little bit surprising because I do think he's going to connect with Peyton. I think he's he's exactly what Denver needs because they've really missed that whole tight end person. And he can get down the field, and he can be there when he's needed. So I think it's unfortunate. I think it's kind of part of what we're seeing this entire season. It's just a season of very unfortunate events because we're losing a very, very good tight end. Um, yes, he's older. Yes, he has issues. And he's, you know, a little bit of a prima donna, but, you know, from a football standpoint, I'm sad. I'm sad, too. And it's, it's a, you know, it's the end of an era. And no, he certainly has not been as productive the past couple of years. But institutionally, Vernon Davis has done a lot for the 49ers. And I had an opportunity to talk with him this summer. And, you know, I think for all the publicity and the, the juice and all the things he has going on, he does love football and he did love being a 49er. Uh, so, you know, it's it's too bad, but it's definitely a sign of the times. He talked a little bit about him and Cap building chemistry, which obviously we saw this season never really came to fruition. And so it's not a surprise. I think it probably is the best thing for everybody involved because he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. The 49ers have so many 
holes to plug into band-aid I mean not that band-aids will do it but there's so much that needs to be done and I think at this point this trade tells me that the 49ers are now looking to the future I mean they are two and six so let's assume they're not going to win the next eight games and go ten and six so uh, I can see that this trade made sense for everybody and you know what I am happy for Vernon because you know, if everybody on that team, he's got a chance to be playing in the Super Bowl at Levi Stadium in February. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, it does. It's crazy. But, yeah, and, you know, Vernon's not a bad guy. He's actually a really nice person, and he has he does a lot for the community. He's a really nice person, and, I, and he's a very talented football player, and I do think he tried to make it work. I do. And I know you had a chance to interview him, and I'm going to pull one of your – your quotes from your um, article just as some advance notice Great. Um, into my article <laughs> tomorrow. But, you know, I do think he really, really tried to sort it out with Cap that whatever it was that they weren't driving with. And it's just unfortunate that they never worked it out because it could have been amazing. Um, at the same time, you know, you things don't work and you have to see, well, you know, this is what football is. It's a business. And he knows that. He absolutely knows that it's time for him to go, and um, I, I wish him the best. A hundred percent. It's not show friends; it's show business, and that's <laughs> that's the reality of football. <laughs> so, Forty yes. Niners hub staff, where do you see the Forty ers going from here? What do you think is the next move in this rebuild process? Well, I think after uh, this past game, they kind of don't have much of a choice and they might be cornered in I feel like it's about time that they do look into the future and yeah kind of like we were saying I think that this move of training Vernon Davis um it makes it seem like they they understand that as well so I I'm not sure if they're gonna entirely uh you know, suck for golf. I, I have to find a, a way to make that rhyme. <laughs> but um, I think that I they're definitely looking into the, the future now. I don't think this season is uh, worth saving at this point. So I think they have to look at other options in every position, <laughs> really, especially with a lot of the injuries that just happened to the running backs. I, I you know, Carlos Hyde is going to be out now, so that it's our the face of the offense and just of the team is going to start changing. Bethia out now, like it's I don't know. They're just going to have to start rebuilding in season to next year. And they they signed Sean Drown today, so that should that should fix all the problems. <laughs> I didn't even know who that is. Like, I was like, who? Someone asked me on Twitter, and I said, oh, you know him. He's a journeyman back running back who is a journeyman running back who's most recently with the Browns. And she was like, oh. <laughs> you totally think that. You know who he was. I was like, huh? <laughs> well, listen, I, I read the statement. So. Okay. I'm I'm not saying I've been following his career closely, but I read the statement. So I think he's been with like eight or nine clubs. Like I can't remember who tweeted it. It might have been Chris Biederman, but he um said he was with the Colts and the Browns and <laughs> the Redskins and had all these other like this long tweets. <laughs> so I don't know if he's someone that um I mean he's been mainly on practice squad, so 
<sighs> and that's what we have now at running back. We have Kendall Gaskins and uh, Mr. Drown at running back, mainly. Drone. Drone. Is it drone? Drone. Drone. Okay. I actually like that so much better than drown. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was drawn. (laughs) I like drone so much better than drown. I got to be honest. It sounds way cooler and tougher. So so that's that's where we are at there, which, of course, brings up the age-old question that SoCali Steph and I talk about week after week. And that is, of course, does anybody want to make a guess? Are you going to talk about Hain? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> not the Aussie. Nope. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mr. Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. So, um, so Callie, Stefan, and I have been pretty vocal in our support. Uh, yesterday was obviously a terrible day, and a couple of players anonymously said they think he needs to be benched, not forever, but to get his mind right. I am still vacillating back and forth quite a bit on how I feel about that. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, so, Kelly, Steph, let's start with you. Well, you know, I've been a very, I, I've been a proud supporter of Kaepernick. I've always just been kind of in awe at his abilities because he has the ability to really, you know, protect the ball. I think he has the ability to extend the play. I love the fact that he's not afraid to run, and I have seen just tremendous things from his arm. And so I've always felt like at some point he would just get it. Something would click, and he would just get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I knew he was very raw, and I knew he had a different skill set than anything I've ever seen from any quarterback. So I don't know if it was just the fan in me or the 49er fan, the <laughs> fact that, you know, this could be the next coming of Joe Montana. <laughs> you know, that, you know <laughs> a little delusional. But I just think, um, I think we've seen everything that we're going to see from Cap. And I do think, um, sort of based on my article last week and what I've been able to kind of ascertain from some of the past coaches, is that I think that the he got a lot better with the past coaching staff. But I'm just not sure this coaching staff has the ability to get much more out of him. And it's sad because um, I think he had that ability. But I don't know if he was ever going to be you know, what we wanted him to be. So, you know, I, I do think that the 49ers will eventually bench him. And I think they're going to do it solely for um, – financial reasons if he Mm -hmm. gets hurt he's in he's owed his entire contract so if he gets it's one thing they don't want him to do is get hurt Mm -hmm. his contract is guaranteed for injury so that's something that you have to think in the back of your head is why are they calling these you know runs on third and long and it kind of shows me that they're not really willing to see him get hurt at the same time, they also know that they have a subpar offensive line that, you know, just doesn't protect him, doesn't give him much time in the pocket. So they don't want him beat up either. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like they just want to get the ball out of his hands and run that ball instead of actually playing the win. So I feel like the writing's on the wall for him, and I'm sad about it. But, yeah, I think it's just a matter of weeks. I agree, and I am sad. I am sad about it too because I think we all know I'm a big Kaepernick fan. Um, 
as I've said before on this podcast, I have a dog named Cappy. So I am I am a fan of Colin Kaepernick. No, I, not my dog. <laughs> uh, every every week, I feel like poor Cappy sits in the corner. It's like I can't I can't watch anymore. Um, and it just it makes me sad because I do think there was so much potential there with the right coaching staff, and you know maybe in the long run he does go somewhere else with a coaching staff that can work with him and understands him and really knows how to design plays around him because this group is not it. Uh, 49ers hub staff, what are your thoughts? Um, I would have to agree with that last part. Yeah, I could totally picture maybe he gets cut next year. I don't know, but um, I could totally picture him like after his tenure with 49ers going to another team and this team handling him so much better than the 49ers did um and I think that's sad too because we could have had success with Kaepernick I do think that he has a skill set very unique skill set that it takes to that it takes to uh be a successful quarterback and um I don't know I feel like maybe this coaching staff just kind of broke him <laughs> like maybe they just didn't know what to do with him but at the same time last year we were starting to see that regression so I mean some of the same uh, members on the offensive coaching staff still remained like a uh, cheap Christ so I'm not sure if maybe he is the problem I know some people feel that he is he's definitely not part of the solution um so, I don't know. I think, yes, the the bench is looming for Kaepernick, and I think we could see it as early as this next game if he comes out and has a poor showing again. And this is just something I've been thinking about recently, and I don't, it's, I guess, really neither here nor there at the moment. But I think back to the NFC Championship game in Seattle, and I just, don't know that he ever mentally recovered from that fourth quarter um, with the three interceptions, the last one, of course, being the tip pass by he who shall not be named. And I think that that really stuck with him. And then we kind of started to see the regression, so to speak. And I don't think it helped mentally. I don't know that all the talk about the offseason work, and I just think that became mentally a lot of different people in his ear with a lot of different ideas and a lot of different plans. And to his credit, I think he's done everything he can to improve. But, you know, this is what we've all been saying a long time. Instead of letting him be the quarterback he is and designing the offense around that, it was always trying to make him something he's not. And you can't, you can't do that. He's not Peyton Manning. It's not who he is. And yeah. so it's just, it's very, it's very unfortunate. And I think we saw the beginning of it last year. Um, so like you said, 49ers hub stuff, uh, we started to see the regression last year. And I think that was the beginning of it. And I think he's an emotional guy. And I think that stuff gets into his head. And I know he's a professional athlete and it shouldn't, but he's also human. So it's kind of my feelings on that. Uh, do, do you feel like they're maybe kind of micromanaging him or trying to? Because I feel like I know there was a lot of conspiracies last year that 
people were saying like, oh, Roman doesn't want him to run or like, you know, that they were trying to turn him into a quarterback that he just wasn't. They weren't, they didn't want him to pretty much be himself. They wanted to force him to be a pocket passer. People had a lot of conspiracies about, oh, like it was Roman's fault or like he was trying to control the type of quarterback that he was. And I feel like if, if that's true, that that may have hindered his growth. But now people are saying the same thing um, in this offense, but Roman's no longer here, so I'm not... I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if I felt like last year was conspiracies, but I do think they were trying to change who he is. And I think for different reasons. Like So Kelly Steph said, not wanting him to get injured. This year, I agree with you 100% financial reasons. Last year, I, I'd like to at least believe that it was more because they saw him as their franchise quarterback, so they wanted to minimize the injury risk, but in doing so, we're, creating an, we're trying to create an offense in which he wouldn't be successful. What do you think about that, so Cali stuff? I have a different opinion altogether. <laughs> um, Share it. <laughs> my thoughts are, is, and I was no great Roman fan at all, I mean, I, and I feel like I owe him an apology, but <laughs> at the same time, like, you know, I did see Greg Roman. He was a run specialist, so he had designed runs for Cap, and we saw that last year. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. But I do think he was trying to use Cap to his best ability as far as what he could do with Cap. I think he did start to see things that Cap just couldn't do. And I think he tried different sequence of plays and different schemes and in order to try to fit his quarterback. We just couldn't see it at the time. And I think that's why we were like, kind of like, what? What are they doing? Like, why are they doing that? What, what's up with the play action? Like, again, you know, so we, but I think he gave Cap that ability for the play action so that he could run his own game. But he just never, it just never came to fruition. And I think that was the frustration of what the 49ers and Zach saw. They said, well, why, here you have this really talented guy why can't you use him to the best ability? And I saw a quote from Jed York just the other day. I can't, I can't find it right now. I was thinking about it when you guys were talking. But basically, he said that he believed that Kaepernick was, you know, the second coming and that we needed to let him play his game. And that was one of the reasons that they not only let Jim Harbaugh go, but the entire staff go because they didn't think that they were utilizing Cap correctly. That was what the 49ers exact believed so I'm a little bit you know on the line about that I don't think I think they tried I just don't think he reached the full potential that they had hoped that that you make excellent points you make excellent excellent points (laughs) and whatever and I guess unfortunately at the end of the day whatever it is where this is the situation we're in (laughs) this is the situation cap is in and so now we move forward. So let's let's play a little pretend game. So what do you think happens? Let's pretend that they announce that they are going to bench cap this week, and they're bringing in Blaine Gabbert. How do you see that going? Uh. <laughs> do you want me to go? Or you can yeah, go? you can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I saw we saw the preseason of Blaine Gabbert, and I've never been a fan. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand him, but I do think he has um, he has certain good qualities about him. I think he could kind of get 
through it. And, you know, you see a lot of other teams in the NFL that lose their main starting quarterback. And they're able to win games despite that. I mean, look at the Cowboys. They, you know, they've been without Tony Romo, but they've won against some pretty good teams. And they just need a, they need a quarterback that can just go through the motions, that can play quarterback and, you know, do what they think they're going to do. And I think Gabber is probably one of those guys. I don't think he's, you know, horrific. I don't think he's going to win a lot of games, but I do think he can get through the season and get through the season. I mean, like maybe win a couple more games. Um, it's about all I have to say about that. But like, if that's what they indeed want to do, if they no longer bleed in cap, then I think they're going to want him healthy so that at least he, you know, his contract isn't guaranteed and they're going to let him go. And I do think cap's going to move on. There's no doubt in my mind that he will. And it might not be with the, you know, $11 million, $14 million salary that he thought he was going to have. But I think he has certain abilities and he has the ability to do certain things that a lot of teams will find valuable. Um, but if the 49ers no longer believe that, that's, you know, that's just the reality of it. You know, Blake, you know, Gabbert is the, is the, you know, is the backup. At the same time, like, I still wonder, like, the fact that they gave away Vernon Davis makes me wonder if they still think that Cap has it in him to do what they think he does, he can do. So I don't know exactly how to put this, but I think they're going to give him a little bit more than just one week. Um, I mean, usually eight games is the the minimum that you're able to, like, prove yourself within that time period. But I do think with Cap, maybe for just emotional, you know, purposes alone, you know, this team is willing to give him a little bit extra. I don't know how far that's going to go, but uh, probably after the bye week, if he doesn't come through, um, I do think that we're going to see the inevitable. And Well, yeah, and the bye week is in two weeks. So what, at this point, there's nothing to lose except potential injury, but let's, hoping that doesn't happen. There's nothing to lose in letting Cap have the start on Sunday. But 49ers have staff. Let's just pretend they don't. What do you think happens out there? How do you see Blaine um, Gabbert performing? Well, I will say if they do decide to um, start Gabbert, or, um, for some reason I could just see it. I could see him coming in mid-game, next game, if Cap has a horrible showing again. Um, that's just, I don't know, anything could happen at this point. But any anyway, if that happens, I'm glad that Steph mentioned the preseason because um, I actually didn't think that Gabbert had a bad preseason. He's he's not a great quarterback, and obviously, um, as Steph said, he's a backup, and there's a reason for that. Um, but I... I always felt, watching the preseason, I I felt that the play calling was totally different for Gabbard than it was for Cap. And that could point to them not wanting to um, risk injury for Cap, but for some reason, like, the play calling just seemed much more fluid, and it played to Gabbard's strengths a lot more than it did for Cap. Cap, he didn't have a touchdown in the preseason if I recall correctly right I think so no he did not yeah and I think and Gabbard did and Gabbard actually had some 
I think positive drives, but I think it was because if you if you go back or I don't know if you guys remember if you watch those games like the play calling was totally different and there was tempo it was just weird I I totally noticed that the play calling was different for Gabbard so if if that's how the coaching staff is going to be if the offensive plays and and the calling changes for Gabbard then yeah maybe the change would be good because obviously they're not they don't have enough faith in, in Kaepernick to let him just do what he does best, you know. So what do you think he does best? Just run? <laughs> um, you know, maybe, but I feel like we haven't been able to see that, what he could do best, because I don't think he's really given the opportunity to play freely in... Um, do so you earlier. think it's all scripted plays? Like, you think that that's what it is? Or Because yeah. I've wondered this myself. So I'm just asking you because I'm wondering, like, everyone says, well, what, let's let Cap do what he does best. But I'm not sure what I know. <laughs> what does yeah. he do what best? Is. I mean, what is it? I mean, what does Cap do really well? I think it's, I think it's mostly running and just his athleticism. Um, yeah. But, I mean, also today... Um, Kyle, who also runs our Twitter page, um, he made a good point that, um, oh, what was, what did he say? He said, uh, oh, that the, that one game where they lost connection. The Seattle game. Mm -hmm. Yes. He, he, that was his best drive that I've Was. seen all season, I think. Um, and I don't he think... Calls. Yep. Yeah, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, so I think that was Cap, obviously, all Cap, playing freely. So that's kind of a head-scratcher, and it makes me think, you know? Um, I was thinking this week, I was hoping, I was like, I hope he just goes out there, just pretends like he's losing... <laughs> losing the radio connection and starts just calling plays and see what happens because if they're good plays and they start winning what are they gonna do like, yeah and maybe that's that now that's the beauty of being a fan who gets to watch yeah. the game from her couch and tweet about it <laughs> and doesn't have to play in it but we have the couch potato conscience yes we totally <laughs> totally do <laughs> and that is the beauty of the position we are in <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's also the tough part of the position we are in I will say I think it's also very hard to be a fan who loves a team like the three of us love this team and can't really do anything about it <laughs> can't really do it and that's hard too yeah, I don't know. It's just it's hard because like people say, well, Cap's all about tempo, 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 which we saw in that one, you know, that one drive. But we're not really a tempo team, and I think that that's maybe the juxtaposition that the the you know the coordinators and the coaches see because we just don't play tempo, and that's one one of the reasons why I'm not. Because I'm from Cal, and nobody loves golf more than I do. Like, I, I cannot express that enough. Like, I love this kid, and I watch this kid every week. But he is such a tempo player. And I'm not sure the 49ers understand that's not their game. And I, that's the only problem I have with golf and why I don't think he's going to work. I do think he's the number one quarterback in the draft, mm -hmm. hands down. But I don't think the 49ers have – 
made themselves anything close to a tempo team. So I think they're just more of a, you know, we're going to ram it down your throat. We're going to drive this, you know, ball. We're going to run it down your throat. And we've always been that type. Unless they're completely doing an overhaul, which could be, I just don't see him being a good choice. And I think Cap has more tempo than a lot of quarterbacks in the league. And here they're, you know, subduing his tempo. So I don't know. It just doesn't. That's the one thing I have a problem with. Everyone saying, oh, it's got to be golf. Let's just like draft for our number one pick. I just don't see it happening for a number of reasons. But that's mainly why. Well, and I also think there are so many problems on this team. It's not just the quarterback. And, you know, we've talked about before, he'll get the glory, he'll get the criticism, and it'll fall on him. But there are so many things they need to do with this team that I don't know. I mean, I don't think this offensive line, I don't know how well Joe Montana would perform behind this offensive line. Um, And I'm not saying that Gap doesn't – what did you say? He would have been better. He would have been better. Uh, he definitely would have been better. Of that, there's there's no doubt. He definitely would have been better. There, I will definitely. But it's just they're horrible. And they're very bad. They're very you know, look bad. At Seattle's That's true. Line. That's true. And they're, they managed to win. They're worse. Like hands down, I think that the offensive line for Seattle's worse. But he still extends the play and he still gets the ball out. Yeah. So, right. in, a, in a sense, like, and I hate him. I, I can't stand Russell Wilson. Like, I cannot. Like, I cannot barely, like, <laughs> but he can extend the play and he understands that he only has a certain amount of time. He has X amount of time and he gets rid of it or he, you know, runs. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We just don't do that. And, um, and I think our offensive line, as it stands, as bad as it is, it's not as bad as Seattle's. It's not as bad as the Vikings. <laughs> that's not. true. That's true. I mean, I'm not trying to like. I just I'm tired of people making excuses for Cap. Yes. No, you're right. You're not yes. wrong. At the end of the day, you're not. You're not wrong. You know that's. It is what it is. Um, it, I guess it is what it is, and you are correct, and you are very right about Seattle. That is an excellent point uh so i guess we live to see another day sort of (laughs) a little bit uh the atlanta falcons are coming to town on sunday so that should be real barn burner um so i think we'll see how it goes i mean at this point i don't expect them to win i just am interested (laughs) to see if they make any sort of changes i'm interested to see does Cap play? How long does he last? Um, and I very just see what we do with the running back situation because uh, Reggie Bush is now out for the season. Yeah. Mike Davis is having surgery. Uh, Carlos Hyde, I think, is very up in the air at the moment. So that's there's a few things to watch for on Sunday. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Yes, exactly. I mean, it is at this point. It is just like a big sigh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you almost just want them to kind of call it to avoid any further injuries for yes. people and be like, you know what? We're going to just call this and we will see you all next season. <laughs> see you at the draft. <laughs> but alas, that's not how it goes. And that's probably not the best attitude. But I have to tell you, the optimism has been beaten out of me. So... <laughs> That's where I am at the moment. Do you guys have any closing words you would like to say? Um, I think, you know, 
I think this is just interesting that, you know, I'm not really anti-cap and pro-harb, and I'm not like, I really just love the 49ers, you know, like I've really wanted them to do so well, and I thought that we had this window, and I thought we had a window where we could win it. And then we were very close, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think you just, as a fan, that's just part of what we do. You know, you still keep rooting regardless of what you have. And um, there were many years, you know, that, you know, they were catastrophically bad, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just still your team, and that's okay with me. Like, I'm, I'm fine with having a bad team, but what frustrates me is that there's no, there's no, forthrightness with the organization they don't tell us what's going on it's all about rumors and leaks and we just have this wonder game and then all of a sudden the next thing is is he's gone and he's gone and I think that to me is doing more damage as a fan than anything because I just want my owner to step up and say hey I did this I thought it was going to work and it didn't and you know where's we're going to go from here and there's just no there's no clear direction for this team. There wasn't a clear direction after Harbaugh left. And I think we're just kind of in this limbo position where we're all guessing. You know, it's mm-hmm. a guessing game. And I and I think that's what's frustrating for the fan at this juncture. 49ers hub stuff. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, I would have to agree. And I think it's also very frustrating, not just because we're so bad now. I think it's just how fast it happened and it happened so fast that we could pinpoint what went wrong almost whereas like sometimes uh teams go on a slow but steady decline and it's kind of just like oh what kind of what went wrong here i feel like it happened so fast we could kind of point and say well obviously uh that was a bad move or you know this and that and we're pointing at uh jed york because uh obviously he's made some moves that are i think questionable one of them obviously getting rid of harbaugh i think was too soon um and i'm just gonna say this i now that the ticket prices have gone uh, so down, I intend to go to the primetime uh, game against Bengals. I'm going to get myself a lower bowl seat. I'm going to hold up a sign. The game is December 20th, by the way. So my sign is going to read, um, all I want for Christmas is Jed York to fire himself. <laughs> okay. well, I don't think it's going to happen, but... No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's never going to happen. <laughs> But I, it's it's just a statement, you know? Like, I mean, at the least a guy could do is show his face. And, like, we have, we've got nothing from this guy. Like, in all the while, we're over here suffering as fans. And I don't think we deserve this as fans. So, like, I feel like he's... It all comes down to him, but he's not around to even, you know... He said, hold me accountable. He's not around to be held accountable. So... I mean, I think it all starts It starts and ends with him, and, you know, he's just not around for it. And I think you both hit that on the head, because I, I really don't believe that he has done anything in malice. I do think that he, no. he wants a winning team. He, yes. he Whatever he's done, he did because he thought it was best. What I think is frustrating now, like you've both said, is that he's not really 
being out and about, being held accountable. He spoke to reporters very briefly last week, but it was brief and he really didn't say anything. And I think that's the, I think that's the thing. And I, because I really don't think anything was done to make them bad. He just made mistakes and we all make mistakes. It's just, how do you handle those mistakes, own up to those mistakes and move forward? And I think that's what we're not seeing. And that remains to be seen. So, uh, that I think, I think with that, we will let's end. Get depressed. But yeah, with that, ladies, let's just get depressed. And no, I'm just kidding. I, you know what? I'm still scream and chocolate and just sob. And just sob. <laughs> but you know what? I'm still going to the game on Sunday, and I'm still gonna wear my jersey, and I'm still gonna cheer. And for every good thing, I will jump up and down like a crazy person, as if it means something. And for every bad thing, I'll be upset because that is what we do. Uh, well, I want to thank both Steffs for being on today. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we will talk to you next time. I'm still going to say it. Go Niners! Go Niners! Go Niners! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.